Hey there. Welcome to another episode of the Super Review Show's Mixed Bag coming to you live once again from the J Cave and many other caves as well. I am joined by my good man, Bill Murphy. What's going on, folks? Glad to have you back, Bill. And we have two of our, at this point, they're just regular panelists at this point. We have Allie and Justin joining us and Justin joining us tonight as well. How are you both doing tonight? Well, happy Passover to everyone who's well, celebrating. Happy Passover. Happy Passover, everyone. I am Gefelta Fish this time. Yes. Yes, you are. You can call me Miss Matza. Miss Matza. So, <laughs> so as the title. Oh, and just right, before, before I go any further, just want to remind everyone that we the best podcast. We the best podcast. I know we're, we're kind of phoning it in tonight for a little bit, but that's okay. Um, but listen, so given the fact that Easter is this Sunday and that Passover was last night. Well, it began last night. It lasted it bega- eight days, right? Thank you. It began last night. Um, we wanted to shed some light on some of our favorite, I guess, Movies that kind of go along with the Easter Sunday and uh, Passover, and whatnot. So we're, tonight we're going to be talking about, about a couple of movies, a couple of TV segments, or whatever, um, or TV shows. But we're going to get right into it, shall we? Who wants to go first with their first? Hey, uh, Allie, I gotta start. Got? I gotta start. I had this. I did watch this on Tuesday, and I said I was going to. We have to start with the Rugrats Passover special. Oh yes. And speaking of Passover, I just got a Passover <laughs> shout out from Dr. Matt Hemsley. Shout oh, out to Dr. Hemsley. Yes, our dear friend. Yep. Talk to me. Yeah. What do you got? So pretty much this is a basic way of showing younger audiences what Passover is like as the babies were represented as the Israelites and the toddlers like Angelica were the Egyptians and Angelica playing the Pharaoh. Honestly, it was just I a cute thing. This from my memory or something. <laughs> so pretty much, Boris, Tommy's grandfather, got into a fight with Minka, Tommy's grandmother, maternal grandmother, the well, the Pickles family, and Angelica and Chucky and his dad all go to their house for Passover, and Boris, stuck in the attic, tells the tells the little ones the story of Moses. And how he got the Israelites out of Egypt, as we all know the story. Yes, we've but, all seen the prince of Egypt. And we'll be talking about that in a little bit. Yep. Yeah. A little later, we'll talk about it. But yeah, I I vaguely remember this special, Ali. I'll be honest with you. It's but, on Paramount Plus. I'm getting weird flashbacks right now. Because I remember Boris and Minka were fighting. I remember Boris and Minka were fighting and and I forget who Boris and Minka are. They are Tommy's maternal grandparents. So they're Dee Dee's parents. Uh. Dee Dee's Jewish. Stu is Christian. They don't really talk about Stu's religious faith that much, so yeah, true. They just assume we're just gonna assume, or he's or we don't know the religion, but maybe he's just non secular. We're gonna do another discussion about religion. You're talking about two religious holidays, so you know, religious religion is gonna come up. (laughs) And today, tonight, we get a free pass. Oh boy, next week, that free pass goes away, but. 
this was a very cute special um I think one of the funniest things was Angelica question if she was if there was any other children before her going to a live action of calling your dad she's like was there anybody older than me no cupcake you're the only child and you're that means you're also the oldest during the, play um, of the first, yeah, four. The first four. my question how do they handle the the death of the firstborns thing Very we likely. We don't know. We know that in the story of Exodus, Israelites were to put up red, like ghost blood. Yes. yes. To show for the Passover part. Mm-hmm. That way God does can pass over them. And Chucky wiped the <laughs> the goat blood off. Well, I'm sure it couldn't have been goats, actual goat's blood. It had to have been like pain, Kool-Aid or something. Pain. Or, yeah. What she said. Yep. All right. So, anything, anything else for Rugrats? Or? Yeah, but you know what? I'm going to say this. I think this is why Rugrats was such a groundbreaking show. Because usually shows would just cover things like Thanksgiving, Halloween, Christmas. Rugrats covered Hanukkah. They covered Passover. They covered Kwanzaa. Check out yeah. the educational episode to see why Rugrats is also considered an educational television show. Go check it out when you have a moment. Hmm. And yeah, I do remember the I do remember when uh, Stu and Minka and Didi are trying to do the Seder and Stu's just botching everything. Yeah. Oh, I actually have one more fun fact. So when I was in college, I went to a Jewish convention and I met the guy who wrote both the Rugrats Passover special and the Rugrats Hanukkah special. Wow. At a convention. I mean, we couldn't take pictures at the time because it was Sabbath and we weren't allowed to. But he talked about how the Passover and Hanukkah special were related to his family and trying to struggle with having children. I think you told us this, but yeah, that's pretty cool. I figure I'll share it with everyone as well. Yeah, so yeah, Rugrats Passover, I do remember that. Like, I think it's good for kids. It's like a very simplified way to tell the Passover story. Yeah. Definitely. A much more simplified way than the other versions of the Passover story that we're going to get into later. And there might be one that's inappropriate in some ways. I'll be honest, there will be one for me I'm going to talk about. Okay. Yeah, so... Rugrats Passover. Anything else? Have anyone else have anything to say about that? Just watch it. That's all I can say. Okay. Please go watch it. All righty. Who wants to go next? Justin, why don't you go next? Well, okay. I guess we can go from one Passover special to the next. Um, why don't we talk about the Prince of Egypt? Oh, I was going to talk about Ten Commandments first, but we can do that if you want. 
I'll be perfectly honest. Yeah. I have not seen uh, the Ten Commandments in full. It you is know long. We, you know what we could do here? We could kill two birds. With one stone? Or, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Peter. Feed two birds with one scone. Oh my God. Yeah, I don't want Peter coming after us. Yeah. Uh, so we're okay, so ten commandments. Like we're, we're killing a mockingbird or anything like that. So okay, so should we ten again. commandments of Prince of Egypt? Actually, I was going for a to kill a mockingbird reference, but okay. No. Uh, <laughs> so Prince of Egypt. Um. Still, probably one of the most beautifully animated two D animated films of to come out of uh, like the post-Disney Renaissance age. Um, and it's not made by Disney. Not made by Disney. Uh, this Dreamworks, was, one of the original DreamWorks productions. Yep, this was one of the DreamWorks few 2D animated films. Um, something that they would unfortunately discontinue after the failure of Sinbad. Featuring uh, Val Kilmer as Moses and Ray Fiennes as uh, Ramesses. And unlike more traditional stories of the Exodus, um, this one has a really heavy focus on the brotherly connection between Moses and Ramesses. Um, in a way that this really does feel like a tragedy. Like Not two brothers. A tragedy between two brothers, not so much the epic that the Ten Commandments was trying to tell. Because if you look at the Ten Commandments, and I haven't seen it in full either, but you could see the scenes like when Moses returns in the Ten Commandments, the brothers just like, yeah, hey, haven't seen you in a while. Hi. Now get out of here. But if you look at the Prince of Egypt... But if you look at the Prince of Egypt they really do focus on that brotherly connection. Like when, Mo when Moses comes back, you can see Ramesses running over to him. I go, Moses! Pardoning him for all, for any crimes he committed. Um, and even when he, when Moses was saying, let my, at first, let my people go at first, he thought it was joking. He thought this was some elaborate prank. And in private, that's when the betrayal really falls upon Ramesses and he, the fracture begins. This is a heavy movie. Or even at the end, when the Red Sea is parted and Moses looks back and goes, goodbye, brother. You can see that he's sad that he's never going to see his brother again. Yeah. And, you know, um, yeah, this was, you know, this was actually supposed to be DreamWorks' first movie. But it ended up being their second. The reason why it was, why it got pushed back was because I think at this time, um, they were working on the movie Ants. Mm. And they wanted to beat uh, Pixar to the punch. 
Yeah, because there was another bug movie that Pixar was creating called A Bug's Life. And they wanted to get theirs out. And it was like a race to the finish. Because they kept moving up the release dates. Because I think um, Bug's Life moved up their date. Then Ants moved up their date. Hmm. Like this was supposed to come out. Like Prince of Egypt was supposed to come out Christmas of 98. And I don't know when it came. It was supposed to. Okay. But anyway, it was supposed to come out and then they got. Yeah. But anyway, Prince of Egypt. I would repeat everything. Justin just said the animation is gorgeous. And the story is, you know what I love about the story though? Unlike the 10 commandments. I feel the Ten Commandments kind of romanticizes Moses as like the big strong, let my people go. Well, I feel Prince of Egypt sort of humanizes Moses. Does that make sense? Like, I love that part with the burning bush. Who is also, which is God, the, the burning bush which is also voiced by Val Kilmer. Yep. By the way, guys, this was actually the first review I did for this channel. I did it like two years ago. Oh, you wow. did. So please go check that out. It's on our YouTube channel. Check it out. I love that scene when Moses sees the burning bush and he goes, Moses, I choose you to lead the staff and lead my people to freedom. And you can see... The Ten Commandments, Moses, like, okay. But this Moses, he's like, no, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. You've chosen the wrong messenger. And then the burning bush goes, do you doubt me? Do you doubt the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Joseph? Oh, no, no. Now take the staff and do my bidding. Mm. And, and lead my people. I will speak to you. He goes, I, I like how the burning bush is like yelling. And then he calms down and goes, I will speak to you again soon. And that's what I love about Mo Moses in this because you can see he has doubts because they humanize him. Like Ten Commandments, we get more of the myth of Moses. Here we get the person and that he is scared to do this. And he is scared about the relationship with his brother. And, and of course, you know, Val Kilmer does a great job. The rest of the cast does a great job. But you know what we also got to talk about here? The soundtrack? The soundtrack is amazing. Yes, the soundtrack is absolutely amazing. The music is done by Stephen Schwartz, who... For all you musical theater nerds out there, he worked on shows like P Pippin, Godspell. Wicked. <laughs> Pardon me, folks. Uh, my allergies have been killing me the last couple days, so. You're good, bud. Take your time. I thought I also heard rumors that they're going to try and make Prince of Egypt a musical. I know they're doing it in the West End right now, in London. Yeah. Like they are. 
what I've heard. Let me see. But anyway, the music who did Pippin, Godspell, as Ali said, later on did Wicked. But also, he did the music to Pocahontas and one of my favorite Disney movies, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Well, co-wrote the music with Alan Menken. Uh, yep, it was actually on the West End in 2020. Actually, it reopened in 2021 during after the whole COVID thing. Mm. I rem- I remember when this um when this movie like with the music, the opening number Deliver Us probably one of the best opening songs ever. It's just that intense grabs your attention. Grabs your attention. And another song that I think gets very looked over is a song called Through Heaven's Eyes. When when he's when Moses is in that camp with that guy, voiced by Broadway veteran Brian Stokes Mitchell. And he's like, I don't deserve to be honored here. Well, you don't know what the worthy of honor is. And then that song, I, I love that, but the best song in the movie, When You Believe. And I will admit, I think I like I like the movie soundtrack version better than the Mariah Carey Whitney Houston version, which is still very good, by the way. But I love like the sequence that's shown through it. Like the sequence that is shown through it. When and I, I love the part of the song that says there can be miracles when you believe though hope seems frail it's hard to kill and what more can I freaking say about this movie this movie is probably one of, if not my favorite non-Disney animated film. Ali, JT, anybody got anything else to say? You, you pretty much hit the nail on the head there, my guy. I want to hear your guys' opinion. I said my piece. Yeah. Okay. Guys, uh, you can go on to the next one. I'll be right back in a second, okay? Sounds good, bud. Um... So, Allie went, Bill went, Justin, do you want to go next? I just won. That's right. I'm sorry. I forgot. I'm already, we're off to a terrible start. So, it's Bill bailed. Bill bailed. I'll go. I'll go. Um, Forgive me for not really touching on a lot, but I will say this. It, when I think of me being me, when I think of um, Easter, Passover, you know, this time of year for like, you know, for, for us who celebrate it. I feel like, and I, I don't know if it's still on TV or not, but the Ten Commandments from the 50s, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. I've heard of it. Okay. With okay. The director of also directed the original one from like the 20s or 30s. Oh Is the original director? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, he directed both versions. Wow. Because well, he was alive back then. Um, 
I will say this. This, I mean, the runtime of this movie is what, like five hours? It's one of the longest movies, right? I want to sit. Let me just see, like, full length. Three hours and 40 minutes. Oh. Is it three hours and 40 minutes? Yeah. Oh, it says right there. Duh. Sorry. That's a long, long movie. That is a, like, that is like longer than Avatar The Way of Water. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for those who are like, oh my God, Avatar was so long. Ten Commandments is three hours and 40. Well, you got to think about it back in the day, though. Back in the day, movies were typically really long as it was. Right. Well, this was an epic. Yes, yes, absolutely. Epics were popular back then. Hmm. I'm kind of wondering if they did the Ten Commandments again, could they make this into like a miniseries? Like mm, that's a good question. They could. And who I would want this? Miniseries. They could. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you got to put three hours and 40 minutes. You could probably it, split that into like two and expand uh, onto it and do I like got, a five episode miniseries. Yeah. I make each episode five hours. <laughs> you can make each episode five hours and call it a day, you know? Seriously, think about it. And it they usually nice. show this movie like the night before Easter. Yeah, so, so guess what I'm doing Saturday night. Well, no, they're not showing it this year. Oh, they're not? They aren't? No, they showed it last week, which is weird. That's weird. But anyways, I mean, I don't I don't have too much to say on it. As far as like movies go, though, I mean, just, just talking about the length of movies back then, like, I mean, just want to highlight Lawrence of Arabia for a second. That's a long movie, too. <laughs> Let's be real. That's a or like Cleopatra. Like, like you'd sit in the theater for like three hours and be like, wow, I just killed three hours of my day. <laughs> you know? Is it a good I killed three hours of my day or it depends on what it is? I mean, with Avatar, you're kind of wasting your money a little bit for like way way of water part two or whatever it's called. That's gonna come out soon. But I, I I jokingly say that though, because I mean back then they made movies really long. I mean, how long was Ben Hur? Justin. Oh Jesus! I mean, that was in the fifties. Yeah, that's a long one. I just want to look it up really quick. A- anything else for the Ten Commandments, really quick, or no? What do you guys think is better, Ten Commandments or Prince of Egypt? Oh, Prince of Egypt, hands down. Also, and, and, so Ten Commandments is longer than Ben Hur because Ben Hur was three hours and twenty-seven minutes. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Prince of Egypt. I think that was better than. Because, like I said, though Ten Commandments looks amazing. Yeah. Like I said, Prince of Egypt, they don't, what I think is so good about it is they don't dumb it down. Like, okay, maybe compared to Ten Commandments, they dumb it down, but they show the death of the firstborn. Yeah. They show Ramesses' son dying. I feel like Prince of Egypt is more of a human level. I would say so. I agree with that. Yeah, but yeah. Okay. All righty. Anyone else we could, anything else pass over we talk about? Anything else for 10 commandments before we go on to someone else? I'm ready to hear what Bill has. Okay, since we're still on Passover... 
What's so funny, Justin? It's basically all been stories of the Exodus. It really has been. Isn't that what Passover is? Yes, but still, we don't go. We don't go over Christmas specials and only talk about the nativity. Well, what do you mean by that? <laughs> okay. I'm just pointing out a fact. Well, then, what movies have talks about you know the East, about the whole well, you know. Well, you know what? Like the thing is, and this is an interesting point. I was, and I'm not bringing religion into this, Justin. He's bringing religion into this. He always, he always does. Mm. Always. He finds a way. <laughs> he finds a way. No, but I was actually reading a article recently from America Magazine, which is a Jesuit Catholic magazine. And they were talking about how Easter is more important than Christmas. But you know what? It kind of brings it kind of brings up an interesting point. You know, Easter and Christmas are both religious holidays. Mm-hmm. But once you think about it, Christmas has become more secularized than Easter has. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, they both have been pagans. They are both pagan holidays before the Christians took it over. But you know, you know, Christmas, you have Santa Claus and the tree and all the and Rudolph and Frosty. When Easter, you have what the Easter Bunny, and that's it, right? And Peeps. Okay, Peeps are kind of gross. I'm gonna admit it. <laughs> Damn yeah. you! How dare you say that? <laughs> Who doesn't love horrible? A peep? But I'm just kidding. I would take jelly beans over Peeps. I I love jelly beans. So. All right. So what's your pick? Okay. So since we're still on Passover. I'm going to go a little humorous note here. That's only for adults, and that's offensive. And it was created by our good friend, Seth MacFarlane. Um, I am going with the Family Guy episode, Family Boy. Oh! oh I'm going to go one worse later after you, Bill. What did you just say? Family what? Boy. Family Guy, Family Boy. It's... It's the episode where Lois finds out that her fam- that she's part Jewish. Oh my god. I can talk about the cat the Ireland. Oh Sandy. Oh no. All right. Okay. So the episode is that the episode is that um is that Pete with the Peter with the Kathy Ireland thing, and Lois gets a little angry about it, and then they make up about it, and finds out that Lois has might have a lump, a lump, and then when they're running through, is it? Hey, well, it's not cancer, but I need to run through your family history. Okay, before I offend anyone, I, I just want to give you all a disclaimer. It's Seth MacFarlane. He offends everybody. Yep. Yep. And technically, it's just a family guy who's writers at this point. Like, Seth's kind of... Let's put it in these words. If you were never offended by Seth MacFarlane, or if you were never offended by South Park, then what are you doing in life? Probably too busy offending other people. What? <laughs> Then it turns out what happens is family 
is what happens is that Peter is that Peter, um, okay, well, they find out Lois has Jewish family. And, and yeah, of jokes that are, um, I'm not even going to repeat them because I really don't want to offend anyone. But it turns out that, you know, Peter's trying to get into Judaism, which I can admire, getting into your wife's face. He tried doing that before in season three when he had the Jewish lawyer. Yeah, which he, that lawyer actually makes an appearance here. And that it makes an, it makes an appearance here. And yeah, he makes an appearance. And and um and what ha and so he's first getting into it, but then the ghost of his devout Irish Catholic grandfather haunts him and says, Peter, you are raised Catholic. You are raised Catholic. How dare you if you betray us, you're gonna go to hell for all eternity. And then Peter starts acting very anti-Semitic. Mm. You've seen the episode, Justin, have you? Yes, I have. It's been a while for me. And and Lois is talking to her mother and says that Lois talks to her mother and says and mother goes, Peter's doing to you what your father did to me, making me hide my Jewish heritage. And Peter and Lois goes, it's Passover. We're going to have a traditional Seder. And, and, and that happened. Yeah. And then, okay, I got to admit, this is funny. When Peter says, no, we believe in the Easter Bunny and he died for our sins. <laughs> what? And keep in mind, Peter is an idiot. <laughs> Aren't we all? They're having the Seder and talking about how Passover is about the Jews escaping from Egypt. I got to admit, this joke is actually kind of funny when Chris says, when Chris says, is every Jewish holiday about escaping something? Yep. That's just a quote from the episode, guys. And then Peter comes totally drunk. In an Easter Bunny costume. And then he says, and then Lois goes, would you lay down? He goes, you know what? I'm going to lay down. I'm going to come back and ruin your Seder. And then there's an argument. And then who comes and makes things right? Jesus. Jesus. Mm. And you know, it informs that there aren't really big differences in Judaism and Catholicism. And, you know, for instance, that that, you know, that the Last Supper, which is the most famous painting of the Catholic Church, was actually a Jewish Seder. And yeah. Wasn't basically Passover a Passover Seder? It was. 
And, but, you know, this does have a chance to, that Seth MacFarlane shows his atheism in our face when he says, when Peter goes, but Jesus, which religion is true? And he goes, one of six of them, they're all crap. And then Brian, who is voiced by? Seth MacFarlane. Marlon. Thank you. So, I know JT is like a is is thinking. What am I talking about? Because JT has never seen an episode of Family Guy or Simpsons or oh. South Park. Where have you been? I've been living my life outside of the living room. That's what I've been doing. Coming yet, soon, JT are. watches. JT watches Family Guy. Oh my god! Yeah, we're we're doing a reaction video to that. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing, JT. You have to watch all of our favorite Family Guy episodes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't even want to know how many there you have. So let's put it that way. So you, which you gonna pick? You always have to watch all the Road Two episodes. Yes. (laughs) Should we make him watch like what people consider the good episodes, and then make him watch some of what people consider the terrible episodes? I mean, my first episode of Family Guy was Road to the Multiverse. Are you kidding me? That's mine, too. You swiped right. We did. <laughs> and then it's Road to Germany. Oh, my God. <laughs> that episode is so funny, but so messed up at the same time. I don't know. <laughs> What you got to know about Seth MacFarlane, folks, is he doesn't care. Of course. No, and then JT's got to watch all the Star Wars parodies from Family Honestly, Guy. Road to Germany just robs uh, Hitler more of his posthumous powers. So more power to him. And it has the, one of the best instrumental songs. It's through the village of Poland. I don't know. Go look it up. It was part of the wedding of Mort's grandparents. Mm. It's so beautiful, but yet so melancholy at the same time. When you put it with that scene with the wedding and the start of the war, because that's the day that Germany invaded Poland. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, um, this episode, I gotta admit, it is messed up, but it is pretty damn funny. <laughs> so pretty par for the course for Family Guy. Well, that's what Family Guy is. Nothing is sacred. True. True. I've never seen an episode, but true. We're going to make this an episode for JT. Mm. All right, JT, you want to talk about something now? I just did. I talked about the Ten Commandments. Okay, so who do we go back to? That's me. I'm going to go one even crazier. Big mouth. Oh, yeah. We're going to the episode. This is season three. Not Big Mouth. Big Mouth. Oh, whoops. I'm sorry. It's the Florida episode. One, two, three. Everything goes in Florida. I will be honest. It is the most darkest and creepiest. This? Pretty much the episode goes like this. The Glabermans take Nick, who just lost his cell phone for, as a punishment, down to Florida to a Passover Seder. With and Andrew. they do briefly mention the story of Passover. Oh my God. In the most funniest way possible. And, well, they're going down to uh, Andrew's grandfather. 
we also get a lot of nonsense and everyone's favorite. I hate saying this word. Incest. Andrew's cousin, who used to pick on him when he was a kid, has grown up and she's hot. Yes. <laughs> and Andrew just let's just say he's flirting with her. Yes, he is flirting with his cousin. Oh, God. Kissing cousins. <laughs> but remember, this is in the state. Of Florida. No offense to our listen to our viewers in the great state of Florida. None. Oh, we also <laughs> forgot to mention Carol Kane. We also forgot to mention Andrew's mom going through menopause with Carol Kane being the, met, the menopause banshee. Oh, yes. Oh my god. I don't JT, know how we got have you what? ever seen an episode of Big Mouth? No. Oh well that's something else we gotta add to the list. <laughs> have you ever watched an episode of any adult animated show ever? No. <gasps> Wait, South Park. You've watched South Park. No, you didn't. No. Like, Why do you think we I... did it when he wasn't here? Hey, I forgot. Yeah, because I was I at a concert and you guys were below, if we wanted if you guys want to see an episode of JT reacting to every adult animated show. Just one episode of each. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we could do that. And we'll That's pick terrible. and we'll pick the weirdest, most effed up ones. The dirtiest episodes. This will be the one I pick for Big Mouth. Okay. All right. Or so we just pick one episode per show, or I would yeah. I would show you the dragon episode from Rick and Morty. I want This is crazy. So, what, so coming soon, folks. JT watches adult animated shows. That would be interesting yeah. to see if Rick and Morty ever does a Passover Hanukkah special. They've done Thanksgiving. They I just mean, did it this season. I should know they've done it twice. I didn't yeah. watch most of season six yet, so. Oh my god. I'm waiting for it to go on streaming. But, it should um, be on HBO Max by now. Oh, is it? Should be. All right, let's check. That or Hulu. I think this is I've I've watched this episode a couple of years ago, and the anything goes in Florida joke, I will not I I was laughing my ass off when he was singing that song. No oh offense God. to Floridians and to my older sister who did live in Orlando for a few years. This is very accurate. No oh. offense to any viewers we have from the great state of Florida. Any listeners out there in Florida, we love you. You're very talented people. Don't worry. All right. Watch. This All comes right. in. Super review show banned in Florida. Okay. <laughs> all, all over the Miami Times. You know what? If we get a show bad from someplace, it shows we're doing something right. Oh my god. Anyways, all right. This was Allie's pick. Um, what about um Justin, do you, you do you have anything else yet or no? Uh for Passover, not really. Or just so we're in going general. To Easter. Or Easter uh, or Peter Cottontail. Peter. Oh, Peter Peter Cottontail. If I could type it for my life, hold on. Peter's cut. So the the oh the the animated movie. Yeah, the animated movie. Okay, hold on. 
not Paddington. I'm just kidding. Or Peter Rabbit. Or Peter Rabbit. Good thing. And we do talk about rabbits here. So, yep, that's the one. The oh, the, the Rankin Bass. Rankin Bass special, Bill. The Rankin Bass. They also did an Easter Bunny one. They also did the Easter Bunny coming to town. Ooh, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit because I've seen a little bit of that. I don't know how you guys find this shit, but here we go. This is actually the Rankin Bass special that stuck closest in my head. Um, it's just it's a weird movie. It with, looks weird with a villain with an iron tail. who becomes the Easter Bunny through a contest by um, basically disarming uh, Peter Cottontail's alarm and manages to give out one egg. So therefore, he was automatically able to become the uh, Easter Bunny. So now Peter Cottontail has to go back in time with this guy's time machine or whatever it is and give out eggs on different uh, holidays, all different kinds of holidays. He had Christmas, he had 4th of July he tried to do, he tried to do Halloween. And it's a weird Special. I think that I made that point clear when I mentioned time travel. Yeah. I totally agree with you. I haven't seen this, but from what you're telling me, it sounds weird. It does. It does sound weird. If you think Rankin Bass was thinking, hmm, okay, well, we've shoved Christmas to death. Let's do another holiday now. <laughs> What about Halloween? How come we never seen a Rankin Bass Halloween? Because they scare us enough for Christmas and Easter. Yeah, we need more horror. We need more horror. Yeah, if you watched our uh, Christmas movie bracket back in December, Justin doesn't like the Rankin Bass Christmas special. Oh, <laughs> All right, let me ask JT this. Have you watched the Rankin Bass Christmas special? Yeah, of course. Well, that's one thing. <laughs> oh, thanks. I only have you on my show. Not sponsored by, but speaking of Easter, Blue Bunny Ice Cream. Oh, how nice. I'm just hungry, so I was like, you know, give me a banana split. Let me go make this now while I'm here. Good call. Good call. Rankin Mass was big in what, the 70s? 70s. 70s. Yeah. 70s. But, uh, I think this is actually one of their. Last ones. I thought really? they did something like the late seventies, though. I could have sworn they did too. Uh, oh no, uh, the, the Easter Bunny's coming to town was late seventies. Oh, you know what? Easter Bunny coming to town. Let's talk about that for a second, shall we? Sure. I smell a bill. Ran. We got Fred Astaire again, and a weird. You know what this style. is? What was it, Bill? Easter Bunny coming to town. Uh, shameless ripoff of Santa Claus coming to town. Yep, bingo. 
This movie is so lazy. Oh, I smell a bill rent. <laughs> Hang on. It's time for bill rent. Time for, time for our segment called Bill's Rants. Okay. Uh, I just want to give a fair warning because we're dealing with allergies in a few days. My voice won't be hitting those octaves that I usually hit when I go on a rant. So, yeah, it'll be okay. I'll we'll 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 do the over. yelling for you. What was that? I said, so you'll actually be able to hear it on camera this time because you peak your mics when you do that. Yeah. So it's going to be at a lower register because like I said, with my allergies, I can't hit those octaves. So That's anyway, okay. so this film is just lazy. It's just so lazy. Like instead of Christmas, Easter. Instead of, instead of Santa Claus, he's the money. <laughs> instead of Fred Astaire, Fred Astaire. We still get Fred Astaire regardless. Oh, but instead of Fred Astaire, as a, as a postman, he's still a postman on a train. Do you think he got kicked out from? Maybe he got kicked out of the U of the U.S. Postal Service. Maybe he did. It's the same exact. You could tell it's the same exact figure too. For those of you who are listening to, you'll be able to see. Like this. the it's opening is the exact. I dare you. Go back and watch the opening to this, and then go watch the opening to Santa Claus is Coming to Town. It is like 99.9% similar. Does yeah. he even have that guy who has all the adopted kids and is like, no, you're not allowed to have toys. You <laughs> <laughs> no, have to get a weird queen who's trying to control her nephew. And you go back and watch the opening. It's the same with the newsreel. Just take anything that removes Santa Claus, or Christmas and put in anything with Easter and the Easter Bunny. And what was Rankin Bass thinking? What wasn't they thinking? Oh, and this came out, I think this came out the same year as Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Love no, it that. didn't. Okay. Santa Claus Coming to Town came out in 1970. Okay, thank you. Came out but, seven years later. So what were they like? Okay, we're going to do the same thing as Santa Claus, which as Santa Claus is coming to town, except with the Easter Bunny. Can I just say something? What? These two don't even look like they're in the same movie. What was that? Like Fred Astaire and the Easter Bunny in that picture did not look like they belong were in the same movie. They just don't. You think they just dragged and dropped Fred Astaire? I mean, I think it was still alive back then. <laughs> They're like, okay, who do we get to narrate this? Hey, Fred, you want to come back? Not really. We'll pay you big money. How about okay, I'll be there. But yeah, this is just lazy. With a capital L. Like, couldn't you think of anything original? You know, as they say, we it. Peter Cottontail. Uh, 
Well, it wasn't good, but I'll say that this it was definitely original. Like in the beginning, it was, he gets just as many letters as Santa. Okay, Fred, that's the only reference to Santa because we we don't want the people to know this is a ripoff. We don't want the good people to know that we're ripping off ourselves. But they have a right to. Put it this oh, way: Don't you think other shows rip themselves off? What was that? Don't you think other shows rip themselves off too? But we have to look clever that we're not ripping ourselves off. You know what? I got a new special. Shows are specials that rip themselves off. Ooh, that's a good one. But yeah, this is... It's basically the exact same thing as Santa Claus is coming to town, except with the Easter Bunny. Mm-hmm. They just... Because Rankin-Bass only did three specials for Easter. Well, that's a third. I forgot. Was it another Peter and Cottontail special? The first Easter rabbit. Oh, oh, and you know who came back to narrate it? Who? Oh. Burl Ives. Did he really? Oh, yeah, the first Easter bunny. It it was actually Burl Ives who did the narrator snowman in Rudolph. He came back mm-hmm. to narrate. Yeah. Man. He's right. Was he a snowman? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know who GB is, but that's what he was. You want to look that up, JT? What was it again? JT, look up GD. What is it? J what? GD. And yet they have Santa Claus in this movie. I mean, this guy, Santa Claus to Rankin Bass was like Batman to DC. Mm. Yeah, that's true. GB, GB. No, take out the letter before that. See, it's just basically the snowman. Like a cross between a snowman and a rabbit. Oh, boy. He even looks like the snowman from Rudolph a little bit, doesn't he? He does. So, you know what? I think Rankin-Bass is like, let's just do all our Christmas specials, replace Christmas with Easter, and give you this crap. And I thought Hanna-Barbera was lazy. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, wait. Wait a minute. Is that the girl from Twas the Night Before Christmas? Seriously, Rankin-Bass? <laughs> I thought that's one of the girls from Frosty. I don't know. It looks like seriously, we, we couldn't do anything original. Now, now not. they did Peter Cottontail. You're gonna die smugly on that hail, aren't you, Justin? Say what you will. It was original. Oh gosh. It was original. It even had it had. Actually, I do think Santa Claus did appear in it for one scene when he had to travel to Christmas 
try and give out Christmas eggs. Christmas eggs? Oh, you have no idea how much uh, Peter Cottontail tried to hustle. Every only, day he's hustling. Is, only problem is, every time he tried to hustle, his ear flopped because he was lying. Oh, so now we're ripping off Pinocchio. Well, yeah. what else are we going to rip off? Everything. I mean, they're Everything, everywhere, all at once. Time machine. But you know what? At least these things are honest about what they're ripping off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's be honest and just say, yeah, we're ripping this off. Because at they least. Yeah, so Rankin Bass Easter specials, not my cup of tea. You guys. Nope. Why? No, you don't sir. even like the Christmas specials, Justin. Mm. Rankin Bass ain't my cup of tea. Hold on, I'm plugging my laptop. So, yeah. Okay. Who's next? JT didn't go. I just, oh, for Easter? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm sort of stealing. No, I I shouldn't say I'm stealing anything, but Justin brought this up before we went on. I just want to touch on it really quick, but it's not really. It's more of a comedy than anything else. <laughs> but Monty Python and the Meaning of Life. No, not the Meaning of Life. Life of Brian. I'm sorry. No, thank you. Nope. Nope. I'm not <laughs> listening to this. It has to do with the crucifixion. <laughs> this movie is hysterical. It One of the greatest movies of all time. The guy who mistakenly got considered the Messiah. Oh, yeah. The Messiah. He's not the Messiah. He's just a very naughty boy. This... Sorry, the only Monty Python I know is the Holy Grail. Holy Grail is great too. And the coconuts. Get your dad. Collect your dad. Bring out, Bring your, out dad. your dad. Bring out your dad. Yeah. Bring out your dad. Yeah. What? So basically, this is. What you shouldn't do, but they did anyways. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, I, I was going to go to the round of meaning of life for some reason. I'm not sure why, but but life of Brian and my uncle's name is Brian. Shout out to you. Just wanted to give you out there. Um, so sometimes they reference him. And ironically enough, he was born in 1976. And this came out in 79, which is pretty funny. Um, they made a movie about him when he was three. Um, no, but this, for those of you who don't know, this is a movie that really takes Jesus Christ and, takes on him. And, and, and basically makes him look like a fool, which I mean, in, 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 I mean it's in, not technically Jesus Christ. It's actually just a guy named Brian. Exactly. It's just Brian. But, but Justin and I were talking about this before we went live. Before we started our stream tonight. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's a brilliant idea. That brilliant idea to bring up. I mean, it's basically the idea of, what if the whole idea of Christianity was formed under mistaken identity? Yeah. If you think about it, that's that, that, I mean, it didn't happen, but this portrays if it did happen with Brian. 
And of course, probably one of the most famous Monty Python songs ever. Oh, look, look on, on the right side of life. life. Yeah. Always, always look on the bright side of life, kids. Always look on the bright side of life. Might I say something bright in life? Oh, the Green Day played that might live. I a couple say of to times. Beatles fans out there, this is the most expensive movie ticket ever purchased. Hmm. Because the executive producer of this movie was none other than George Harrison. Oh, wow. Wow. Yes, because I think George Harrison and Eric Idle were like really good friends. Because he wanted to see the movie. Wow. Because he wanted to see the movie, he formed a production company that is still somewhat active today. And just to see this movie. That's dedication. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Really, no, in all seriousness, that really is. And yeah, and also about the um, always look on the bright side of life. Interesting fact: it's actually the most popular song that is played at British funerals. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. You see that. somebody's casket being carried out, and them say, "Always look on the bright side of life." I could say that now. And then, but, and also, fun fact, um, I actually got this story from a friend of mine. Um, He told me that his father went to Catholic school, and when this movie came out, they said anyone who's caught seeing this movie is going to get suspended. Oh, gosh. Wow. And literally, like, the priest or one of the teachers literally waited outside the movie theater. And my friend's father came out and he got in trouble for it. Because they considered this movie blasphemy. Mm. Okay, listen. If you're going to wait outside of a theater, you really need a life. Seriously. Uh, Yeah. You seriously need a life. And and but yeah, and you want to, and you want to know something funny. Um, they actually released this movie in two thousand four. We released it because of another certain movie about Jesus. Ah, should we go there yet or not yet? Do it. Okay, do we got to go there, guys? Do it. Do it. Do it. Do okay, it. we're You're doing all. it. He's doing it. We're going with it. We're going to Hassan. Mount Gibson's The Passion of the Christ. Uh, oh, God. Here we go. Yep. Guys, we're going there. We don't, I don't want to go here. <laughs> See the South Park episode about this. No, that was my number one episode, remember? Wait, which one? <laughs> Allie, which one are you referring to? The one, The Passion of the Jew, or the one where uh, Kyle essentially becomes... Um, Jesus. One way to go see the movie. I think that's Passion of the Jew. Yeah, that's Passion of the Jew. 
where Kyle becomes Jesus is the one is Margaritaville. Yes. Another good episode. Yeah. Well, he. Well, the Passion of the Christ is about the final 12 hours in the life of Jesus Christ. 12 hours? But when he's betrayed in the Garden of Gethsemane to to, of course, his crucifixion. And, and you know what the thing is? And I haven't watched the whole the thing in full, but I've seen a good chunk of it. I've seen it in bits and pieces. One, the whole movie's in Aramaic. Well, what? Aramaic. But there's subtitles. I know. I know what Aramaic is. And it's literally two hours of watching a man get beaten. Yep. It's Christian torture porn. Christian torture porn. Oh, gosh! Like, if you read the the accounts of the crucifixion in the Gospels, they're only really briefly mentioned. Him getting beaten is only briefly mentioned. But in the movie, it goes on forever. It gets to the point where it gets, I hate to say it, kind of boring. We get it. He's getting beaten. We get it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yep. We get it. It's not a good sign when you're becoming jaded to a man getting tortured. And, like, we get it. He's getting beaten. Let's 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 go on here. Let's, let's move on. Come on. Let's, let's hurry this up. Not to mention some of the behind-the-scenes problems. What was that? Some of the behind-the-scenes drama where you have uh, the guy who plays Jesus. And, Jim Caviezel. Um, he had a heart attack on set, got struck by lightning on set twice. Like, this guy got put through the ringer. Yeah. This guy this guy should be given a permanent Oscar. I mean, mo- most Oscars are permanent, so. No, he should get a super permanent Oscar for going through this. And what was about like, like Mr. Gibson, he's been struck by lightning. Oh, let's go on. Hmm. Mr. Gibson, he's had a heart attack. Oh, let's go on. Oh, my God. Okay, we we got to bring up the controversy now, don't we? What controversy? <laughs> when this movie came out, there was some controversy behind it. You mean the fact that Mel Gibson went on the anti-trans about how Jews are the cause of all the world's problems, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, and I'm going to be honest, this movie is sort of anti-Semitic. Because like in the opening scene when they give Judas the 20 pieces of silver, 
he's like looking at he's like grub, he's like rubbing the money, which is a Jewish stereotype. Mm-hmm. But what you also got to look into is Mel Gibson's beliefs. Yeah, I guess what we're bringing up again. More controversy. We're bringing up more religion. Mel Gibson is what they call a traditionalist Catholic. And what a traditionalist Catholic is, here's the here's the short version. The traditionalist Catholic is the one who holds on to the who opposes the reform that were made by the Catholic Church during the Second Vatican Council, known as Vatican II, such as the Mass being in a community language instead of Latin, and other things. Because one of the things is part of the Good Friday liturgy, the Good Friday service, there actually used to be a prayer for the Jews to convert to Christianity. Oh, my but then in 1962, Pope John the 23rd comes in and during the Second Vatican Council is like, yeah, we're taking that out. We're not doing that again. So this is mainly based off of Mel Gibson's pre-Vatican II traditional Catholicism. Mm. And, and yeah... Um, the South Park episode, I think, described it best when, for those who haven't seen the episode, I talked about it in my te- in our top ten South Park episodes. But the passion comes out, Cartman loves it, Kyle is scared of it, and Kenny and Stan are just sort of, yeah, that sucked. So. Yeah, I think Doug Walker explained it best and described all the feelings about it. Okay. Jewish guilt, anti-Semitism, and just how plain insane Mal Gibson is. Uh-huh. There's a scene in the end of the episode when Mal Gibson, when Stan and Kenny get their money back and and Mal Gibson says, I want my money back. It's our money. Your movie sucks. You can't say my movie sucks. Saying my movie sucks is saying Christianity sucks. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. That's what he said in the episode. He goes, saying my movie sucks, saying that Christianity sucks. And he goes, if you want to be Christian, that's cool. But you should focus on Jesus' teachings, not just how he died. Because focus on how he died. Is... And that was a really bad time for everyone. What was that? That's how the Dark Ages happened. That was a really bad time for everyone. Because, mm. um, as you know, with the Passion itself from all the play, because there's actually a town in Germany. Every 10 years, they come together and they do a Passion play. Oh, gosh. There was only two years they didn't do it. Seven. Was that the reason? One year was 2020 because of, say it with me, Thanks, COVID. Thanks, COVID. And second, 1940, because Hitler wanted to use this play to promote you know what. Oh, man. And the people who did the play said, nope, we're not doing that. 
So, yeah, but, um, you know, whilst we're on the passion, I have another version of the passion. Would that be Last Temptation of Christ? Okay, we can do that. I was going to say Jesus Christ Superstar. That was my original one. Because I was going to pick that one next, too. Hey, you want to, hey, you know what? You want me to throw it over to you? We can do that. I think we both have a lot to say about it. I mean, I haven't seen Jesus Christ Superstar in like a few years. I mean, it is probably one of Andrew Lloyd Webber's best. No, I think it was this, was it one of his first musicals he did? Yeah, it was actually. And then they actually made a movie out of it too. Jesus. Exactly. Jesus, the musical. So do you want to start first? I mean, I'll be honest, the music is amazing. It is. I, again, I haven't seen it in a while, so I can't really say much. But I feel like it definitely gets people engaged in knowing the ending to Jesus Christ Superstar, like knowing how Jesus came to be, how he became a savior. Was it Judas was the one who was a little bit against him? Yes. I don't know what it is, but I feel like he's the best character out of all of them. Like, being like this two-sidedness thing. I forgot if he died before. Again, I don't. I haven't seen it in a while, so. Because. Uh, yeah, but you know, I I think what's interesting about Judas in this movie is that they do tend to make Judas sympathetic. Mm-hmm. Because in the opening number, Heaven on Their Minds. The the um the line that that shows that Judas is sympathetic to Jesus is, I remember when this whole thing began. No, no talk of God. We just called you a man, and believe me, my admiration for you hasn't died. And then later on, it's and then he goes, "Listen, Jesus, to the warning I give. Please remember that I just want us to live." And Judas is doing this more out of fear than he is out of selfishness. And the part when Judas is tempted, which is probably one of my favorite songs in the show, it's called Damn for All Time slash Blood Money. And and then, um, because first Judas is singing it, and I love with Caiaphas, the high priest, when he goes, cut the confessions, forget the excuses, we want information, get up on the floor. And then, and then I just love that. I just, I just love that back and forth where Judas goes, I don't want your blood money. And then he, and then Caiaphas is like, you might as well take, he goes, that doesn't matter. Our expenses are good. And then, and then he goes, I don't need your blood money. And then he goes, you might as well take it. It's good. And he goes, think of all the things you can do with the money. Give to charity and give to the poor. And then Judas finally gives in and says, on Thursday night, he's going to be in the Garden of Gethsemane. And that gives to what I think is one of the saddest songs in musical theater, but probably my favorite song in the show called Gethsemane. 
in which Jesus is singing about how he knows he's going to die. And there was this one part where they show like different images of the crucifixion from like different churches. Mm. And and it's like and one of the favorite part is is can you show me now that I will not be going vain? And then after a few other words that I can't remember, he goes, okay, I'll die. And he goes, take me now before I change my mind. And the music is absolutely amazing by Andrew Lloyd Webber, who eventually did Phantom and unfortunately <laughs> Cats. And you know what? Unpopular opinion. I think Jesus Christ Superstar is Andrew Lloyd Webber's favorite mu best musical. Hmm. I like Phantom, but I'll be honest, I think it's a little overrated. I know. I'm glad it's over with. Knock on wood. Speak for yourself. I have to deal with the gear coming back. What? We worked on I think Phantom. that's an off-camera discussion. My but, company worked on Phantom. So, yeah, you know, what I find is weird about this, about the movie, because I've seen other versions of it, the one from the 1970s, the one thing that throws me off is that if you watch in the beginning, it's like they're putting on costumes. It's like they're doing a show. It's like they're doing a show. And it's a little distracting. Like, okay, am I watching a movie? Am I watching people put on a play? That's how it felt when they did Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, too. With Donny Osmond. Mm. And then, yeah, but um, Jesus Christ Superstar, the music is, I, I also did a review of this, also two years ago. You did. You did? In, in 2021, he posted a review. And, again, sorry, folks, um, the music is great. I I really do personally enjoy this version of the passion. It's basically the passion without anti-Semitism. And it's set to good music. There you go. And no Mel Gibson. Yes. It's you think when he was doing the passion, he, he saw this like, he goes, hmm, I'm going to make it like that, except better. Hmm. Maybe. Except we're going to speak all in Aramaic. I don't know. But, um, yeah, Jesus Christ Superstar. Anyone have anything else to talk about? I, I don't have anything. Do you guys have anything else? Was there one more you were going to mention, Bill? Okay, something that's even more controversial than the passion. The Last Temptation of Christ. 
when so this now, means- what would happen if Jesus decided not to die? That's the question that this movie poses, and it angered a lot of people. Because it showed Christ as human and not divine. And that pissed a lot of people off. Mm. And because this movie was actually based off a book that was blacklisted by the Vatican. Oh, wow. It's probably on the banned book list. So Scorsese already knew he was playing with fire. Oh, yeah. No, when this movie came out, you know who complained about it? Who? Everyone and their mothers. Oh, I'm sure. Because the big controversial scene is when Jesus is dying on the cross, he's imagining making love to Mary Magdalene. Oh, gosh. And people found that controversial. And also there is a part when he's on the cross and a little girl steps forward and says, you don't have to die anymore. You can come down now. The devil. Yeah, when the devil tempts Jesus on the cross and says, you can come down now. Your father says you don't have to die anymore. You can come down and live a normal life. And he fights the temptation and dies. Mm. Of course, everyone and their mothers freaked out about it. Mm. Yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Like, hey, is there a nice light movie we can end on? Anything? No. I can't think of anything. Mine was the Pontail. What about Hop? Ah, I, I feel like it's cheesy and corny. Next. Yep. So we're really going to end on this note? I guess so. Yep. I can't Sometimes think of anything. We have to, Bill. What? Sometimes this is the way the podcast ends. Yeah. Not with a bang, but with darkness. <laughs> it's all right. Okay, you know what, folks? We try tonight because... Oh God, JT, it's our Thanksgiving special all over again. <laughs> no, no, no. The Thanksgiving special was good. Don't worry. Hey, at least there's more Easter movies than there is Thanksgiving movies. Exactly. Thanksgiving movies. At there least was we a didn't couple for President's Day. Oh God, what was that man. Justin? So at least we didn't do a special for President's Day. I could think of one movie. Lincoln. No, Gremlins Two. <laughs> of course. Okay, well, I guess in the words of Imagine Dragons, there's nothing else to say. I guess there's nothing else to say now either. Um, We want to thank you all for... What's that, Justin? Said that's all for now. That's all for now. Bye-bye. No, we want to thank you all for watching, listening, however you enjoyed us tonight. I want to make sure you all have a happy Easter as well. I want to thank... Happy Passover. And happy Passover as well. Uh, I want to thank Justin and Allie for coming on tonight to giving us some extra Point pointers as well as always. Thanks so much for coming on, and uh, Bill for doing this is always with me as well. It's always a pleasure. It is always a pleasure, my dear dear friend. And um, yeah, well, Bill, did you want to plug anything at all? Are you good? Sports Insanity Podcast of the Sports Insanity Network. It's 
It's baseball season, folks. It is baseball season. Uh, if you haven't already, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Simply at the Superview Show. We do. We've been doing postings about our. I've been doing postings about what we've been, what's coming up, what's coming on, uh, and also just what we do in our day to day lives as well. So if you want to follow us in there, go ahead. We, we're most active on our Instagram. Just want to let you all know. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for watching, listening. However you enjoyed us tonight. Uh, but for all of us here at the Superview Show, stay safe, take care, and have a happy holiday season this weekend.